don't land. Don't land on anything. This doesn't mean don't fall. Just don't land. Sometimes we feel like we're without a reference point or feel like we're up in the air about something. Don't land. Don't drop into some kind of a position on things. If you need to drop into a position on things, it's better to do that choicelessly out of your awareness. It takes a lot of practice to do that because the self-centered mind, the ego mind, wants results or it wants to know, am I right or am I wrong? Or am I right or wrong? Or they are they right or wrong? Don't land. Those are all landings. You land on this, you land on that, you come to conclusions. Don't, don't conclude anything. It is not necessary to conclude anything. Anything, Anytime you conclude anything, you're actually, actually abstracting yourself from the fundamental realism. We all know about realism and abstraction. You're abstracting yourself by going up into concepts about your life rather than living your life. If you actually are living your life, you won't know what's going on most of the time. Ego, the self-centeredness, the me feeling, the person that thinks they can win or lose is unreal and is not dependable. Temporarily, it's dependable. It's dependable a little bit, but just enough to seduce you into wanting a little bit more dependability, a little bit more, a little bit more, and that's where opinions come from. We've thought about this up and down, up and down long enough. I'm just going to come to a conclusion about this, my opinion. What do you think about that? I think we should do this. I think we should do that. As soon as you say that about anything, even if it's accurate 10 seconds ago, now it's now no longer accurate because everything is moving all the time completely. So don't land. And the practice of not landing is takes repetition. We How do we do that? We see the way we keep grasping at this, rejecting that. You can notice it just, just from here to the parking lot, from here to the kitchen, from here to the bathroom, from here to the community room, or wherever you're moving from one place to another, or maybe not moving. Maybe you're just sitting in your car, and we're always going to something, grasping at something. And it's not so much when I say don't land, I know you can't really help that. I certainly can't help it. But by saying that, we, we bring our awareness to that, and we see the way we put some tension on that, we can't really intercept that because the causes and conditions that are showing up that cause us to land here, land there, judge this, condemn that, accept this, value this, devalue that, on and on and on like this, are dependently arisen. You can do a little bit of that, but not much. So by suggesting that or saying that, basically saying, look very closely and carefully at what you actually do and don't do and just watch that watch and see the way we go to a judgment about something everything is kind of loaded with some kind of a it should be that way it shouldn't be that that shouldn't be happening this shouldn't be happening i shouldn't be feeling this way that's a great one isn't it you're having an emotion i shouldn't be feeling that well let me help you there yeah you should how do you know because you're feeling it you're actually feeling that way and it is Dependently arisen means this happened, that happened, this pushed on that, that, that tipped over. You ever seen any, any of you ever seen a Rube Goldberg? What they call the thing where the ball goes down the little ramp and it hits a bucket and the bucket tips over and it falls into something else. It's like it's like a highly uh, uh, um, individualized dominoes. Each domino is a different thing happening against something else. But it's just like dominoes. You push one and they just go. Uh, causes and conditions. So what we want to do as meditators, as people who have an interest in living a life that is less confusing, living a life that is more maybe generous, living a life that is more balanced, 
or more, or more clear about what's happening, we might have to look at a whole lot of imbalance. And that's difficult because when we see imbalance or something is off or incorrect or not right, we want to cover it up with our opinions or ideas or description of it. I've watched myself doing this today, seeing certain things happen and watch how my reactive mind goes to start to cover that. It's just about watching the mind do that. You don't have to correct it. You don't have to stop doing that, even though I'm saying don't land. But I also know pretty impossible to just never land every, anywhere and just be in open space, openness all the time. So it's an ongoing uh, practice that we do. Question, do I practice what? Do I practice what? I want you to be specific. I'm happy to answer. I don't practice tennis. I'm no good at I'm terrible at tennis. It's probably because I don't practice. You mean, do I practice what I'm talking to you about? Do you practice? Mm-hmm. Probably similar. I've been doing it a while longer, so I may be uh, maybe a little bit more clear about seeing the way I land or don't land. Yes. said don't land, that doesn't mean yes. to fall. Actually, to not land is to fall. If you land, you stop falling. The practice of meditation actually introduces each one of us to a kind of free fall. We eventually get so we don't know what's happening. We don't know what we're doing. We're um, not sure what's supposed to happen next or feel confused. That's a kind of free fall. And what I'm suggesting or recommending, insofar as you can, just just stay in that. Stay there. You don't have to maintain it, but don't necessarily interrupt it with grasping at something or latching on to something. Vacillating. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Vacillating is... Uh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> Not familiar. <laughs> it's, so it's actually kind of grasping a little bit and then rejecting and then grasping, but it's very quick. So that's the vacillating part. It's a good question. More about that or more about any kind of style that, that you might be recognizing yourself. Anything? Yes. Just no reference point. No reference point. No nothing. You don't land, so you don't you don't have a reference point. You don't know who you are. Uh, it's happening now to you. Yes. Yeah. By not grasping at them. We we tend to we're unsure, so we tend to have a get a reference point and instead of just just a reference point. We just see it in the context of all the other countless numbers of reference points, and we we happen to be watching that one or this one or those two. But there's no grasping at it. When we see it start to move away or die out, we don't go and try to resuscitate it. This is what happens with opinions. Opinions are just resuscitated reference points. The reference point you had at a particular time, and instead of letting it die out, you go in and charge it back up because it makes you feel confident. Well, I'm the kind of person that thinks this, or I'm the kind of person that we quite often hear ourselves say or other people say, well, I've always been this way, or this is the way I was taught, or some kind of a, of a explanation of who we are, what we are. Yes, sir? Is awareness of vacillation? Is awareness a vacillation? Is awareness of your vacillation falling? Sure. The vacillation, it's only vacillation as long as there's somebody watching it. When there's no one watching it, then you are the vacillation. There's, there's nothing to see. You're this way and you're that way. I say, often say, ego or self-centeredness is discontinuous. It's not that there is an identity, but it lasts about, you know, uh, or maybe you don't know. So I'll tell you, an eighth of a second. It lasts and then it shows up and then and then it or someone else. And enjoy that. As far as we know, we only have this life. Of course, there's those other ones, but we're just here to talk about these. Yes. As far as like the sutras and, and being here at a certain time, 
becoming rigid. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's good. Is to to uh, you can watch how you observe the forms and how you you could say comply or try to fall in line or adjust yourself to excuse me to be with the form and and then watch how you will judge others that you don't if you don't feel like they're doing what you think they should be doing. Everyone's different. I mean, we either where's Dallas at by the way? Are you sleeping? So there's a good thing to observe. Dallas, I'm going to pick on him since he's not here to defend himself. A lot easier that way. Now, he may be sick, so we're not we're not going to jump on him too hard. But I don't see much of Dallas. Dallas is a temple resident. So is Dallas observing the forms or not? First thought, best thought. Think of it in your own mind. Hmm? Yeah, he is. <laughs> Thank you. He might not be doing it the way you're doing it, but he's doing it. So, yes. Is that spontaneous? It's just a highly... Uh, refined form of self-centeredness that validates itself because it, it has a little commentary running along. Well, there are forms, and we should follow the form. Sogazan said, "There's a if you're a temple resident, you do this. If you're a temple resident, you don't do that. If you're a temple resident, you show up in the morning, and you should. But if someone doesn't do that, what is that? What that that is as much a practice for the person who is show who is not who is uh, showing up as it is for the person who is not showing up." Because that person has to actually, then they're working with their mind how they're justifying that. If, if, if something is just being observed, you won't justify anything. Good, good question, Mark. I think just by asking that question that you're probably, uh, quite, a, quite often you're in a situation where you're already doing that to some extent. So it's, it's always about awareness. I just say it over and over again. It's not about right and wrong or getting this or following the forms exactly or, or completely taking a hike and going doing something else. It's always about awareness. So it's, a, it's awareness of the way you observe the forms and the way someone else observes the forms and seeing the contrast, but the judgment is extra. The contrast is, uh, is just as there's a contrast, but there's a contrast between two people who are both doing their very best to follow the forms, to do them as a practice, to be here when the Hanan bell the sounds and to be here uh, just before it's the, the first strike on the, on the, uh, the gong. Just, just, yes. Is there a middle way in doing the forms? I think there is. What is that? You have to find that. If, 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 if we were to point out the middle way, way no, the middle way, it would no longer be the middle way. The middle way is don't land anywhere. See the forms be very, very clear. See the forms very, very vividly. Picking and choosing is extra. Yes. Are the forms ever? Why do we have to? Is that a forest on your leg? Is that new? I figured since the hair hadn't grown back yet. <laughs> Are there any deer in there or elk? The Japanese maple? Wow, that is a Japanese. Yes, go on with your question. Attachment to the forms or attachment to everything is that with the realization? Well, somewhat. Somewhat, but uh, attachment to the form, you might have to, you know, take three, 10, 15 people. One person of their style might be to really attach to that form and really be, you know, they might really stand out in that they were just kind of almost militant about it. I wouldn't interfere with that. Another person might be very, very loose about that and they, they don't show up, they're somewhere else. Uh, then I just uh, ask the Eno where they're at. <laughs> and then the Eno says, uh, I don't know. They haven't checked in. And so I say, uh, temple residents do this, 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 and this. And then we watch how temple residents don't do this, this, and this. They, they do something else. 
but they can only do that so long. And what I'm watching for, and I'll get to your question in a moment, what I'm watching for is if the person's, say, lack of, of staying fairly close to what that middle way is, if it starts to go too far out, then it starts to set a precedent so that it disturbs other people's practice, so that other people think, well, he's not here. Oh, they wouldn't say it in that tone. They might say, he's not here. What am I doing here? Now your question. We're always meditating on something. Usually, we're meditating on something. On we're upset or we're worried or somebody is treating it mistreating us or somebody somebody is uh, being really nice to us or we're always contemplating meditating on something. That's why after many many years of meditating on lots of different things, according to what I was taught, uh, I now I teach just sit down and watch. Don't particularly meditate on this side or the other thing, but if something arises, just watch that. If you, if you don't meditate on it as a project, then it will will go this way, it will go down, it will fall back behind the stage set. Something else will come up and then something else. And we just watch things come and go and come and go. And this actually exercises the awareness, so the awareness itself becomes strong instead of the things that are rising and falling. Yes? What goes on from Traverse City wants to know, what does meditating mean? I don't know. Did you look it up before you asked me that? Goes on. <laughs> I don't know. Has anybody looked that up? It'd be kind of silly to teach meditation and not have even looked it up and see what Wikipedia has to say about it. There's literally dozens and dozens of different kinds of things that come under the idea of meditation, working with some kind of an awareness, awareness of forms, awareness of no forms, awareness of forms, no forms, awareness of sound, awareness, awareness, awareness. So meditation means to be aware, but it could have an actual object of meditation. Uh, in the ancient times, a uh, Tibetans would meditate on an image of the Buddha, just meditate on that, or meditate meditate on uh, some kind of a deity. Like over here we have uh, uh, White Tara Rupa sitting over there made of bronze. That's a, a meditation deity. You could meditate on that, you could meditate on the one you visualize, then you could do various things with that in order to strengthen the awareness around that particular object of meditation. There's lots of ways that can show up. Uh, I, as you know, I teach traditional kind of uh, Meditation taught in Japan, Shikantaza, or just precisely this. So whatever it is, it's just that, and it's very simply that. And that tends mm -hmm. to come and go. It's all that. Yes. Kozan says, nope, she hasn't looked it up. Nope. N-O-P-E. <laughs> That's what she said. Nope. <laughs> and then Sheldon has a question. Okay. He asks, is the falling occurring whether we land or not? Is the landing really I think the way I'm talking about it, I mean, you could, you could get into some, some kind of philosophical variations there, but the way I'm talking about it is to, is to interrupt your, the natural openness of your being with some kind of an idea about them. Uh, the idea that we recommend that you work with is bodhicitta, or the mind of awakening, the mind that completely gives everything away to everyone, complete uh, compassion. Yes? Falling and aware detachment put on everything. Yeah. You're just falling, then you start to see the. You start to get to know yourself. This is what this is about: is to make friends with yourself. We all know, or most of us, I think, I could say, we all know there's difficulty here somewhere in each of us that we. It's just easier just to not think about that. I get to think about it, but then something happens out here that kind of resonates or triggers that. Could be something very simple that was no one was intending to offend you or hurt you or insult you, and yet something gets 
stirred up here and suddenly we're really, really mad and upset. The old mountain out of the molehill, the, the hidden triggers that I talked about yesterday or whenever it was, Sunday. Suddenly we're really upset. So if you're a meditator, if you're interested in training your awareness, and if this is something you have as a strong focus in your life, you're going to not try to get rid of that trigger, but use that so you can see how the mind works. So you can see when this happens, that occurs. So it's a very simple kind of project. You have to elaborate a little bit more. I'm not sure what you mean. Being here is a form of asking. How does that practice? Just, just community. You're part of a community. Is that what you're... It's just part of a community. Buddha is an example of someone who understood something. The Dharma is what he understood. And the, the Sangha is a community of people that, that have looked at that and something resonates there and they want to know what that is and how to understand that. Simply put. David, I don't know. What do you think? Anyone? I don't know. What are you looking at me for? <laughs> so again, coming back to that, it's a, there's a very strong relative. Sangha is a very strong, definite idea about a group of people studying the Dharma that everything is dependently arisen. There are no, there are no separate things anywhere. And not landing is a way of talking about and addressing the tendency of each individual, each member of the Sangha, in a different way. Uh, will do some kind of landing or grasping or fixating or latching on to something. It could be that something as simple as somebody did something to you and you blame them. You can't seem to shake that. The trying to shake that is part of the warfare rather than what might be better to do is to just look at it. Just look at the way you you don't like it. What are, we, what are we really doing when we're minding other people? Meddling. If, you, if, you, if you've begun to look at your own business and your own, you know, conflict or your own difficulty as, as, uh, and, and, and as understanding as possible, not condemning oneself, but trying to see deeply into where the conflict is, you're not going to have too much time to, to go and look at, you'll see someone else and all you'll see is they're having difficulty, but they're, uh, if you don't, if you don't, uh, if they come to you for help, then that's a different story. Then maybe you could set your own, uh, business aside for a minute and say, so how's it going? What's, and try to get help them, let them uh, talk to you about it, or and then. But it's not so much about fixing that; it's about they're going to tell you about it, and you give them your attention. So it means a lot. We all know how, how much it means to have somebody uh, listen to us if something's going wrong, wrong, and we have someone listen who doesn't really give us too much advice, but just listens more about that. Doesn't? You're talking about the business that we pay attention to that isn't business when someone's not coming to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a kind of a gossipy comment, commentary on everything, and it keeps us from uh, it keeps us from being, you could say, responsible or aware of what we're doing, and we're able to kind of not distract ourselves. It's a form of active ignorance. We're actively looking at everything, just like watching Netflix is active ignorance. But if you know you're doing that, uh, then called entertainment. If you don't know you're doing that, it's called entertainment. So it's, uh, uh, it's not about stopping that. It's about being aware of it in such a way that, that you can see how it gets its fuel, how, how it's, there's some kind of a payoff in doing that, some kind of a uh, fluffing up of the self-centeredness. Well, at least I'm not doing that, or at least I'm being more this or more that. It's kind of a way of evaluating oneself. I, th- I think that's how it seems to me. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I can go along with that. All right. I'll probably forget it. <laughs> Well, you've got what I got then. No, you don't. <laughs>
I got old age, you know. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jim Johnson from Muskegon. Yes, He's James. Got, uh, two new people watching tonight with him. Okay. He Very asks, good. is there any way to know when to listen to what ego is telling us other than through choicelessness? Yeah, always, always listen. Listen to everything. Any voices, anything, always listen. If you if you really are listening to what's happening here and what's happening there, you know, give everything your attention. In particular, give your own thought patterns attention. But we don't give something, uh, we're not giving something attention if we're trying to squash it or hold it down or ignore it, push it away, or justify it. As soon as something arises, just observe. Because if the minute you start commenting on it, you're actually wrapping it in a in a commentary, and then you settle for the commentary, and you, and the, what the actual issue is inside the commentary. Sitting practice of meditation, sit down, hold still, watch what moves, look at a wall, something that's in front of you, the carpeting or something, so there's not much entertainment going on, and just observe that. And if you hold very still, again, without being rigid, it might take a while, but eventually, well, you might daydream for a couple of days, a couple of months, a couple of years, but eventually you'll start to see the very mechanics of ego. You'll start, and it's not uh, particularly comfortable. But if you're inspired to do this, if you really are, you're, you're through going in, you're, you're tired of going in circles, samsara. Tired of getting better and getting worse, getting better, getting worse, getting better. Let me do that a few more times. Getting better, getting worse, getting better. That's what it feels like. If you have any memory at all. Yes. Are the mechanics of ego any different than the daydreams? I think the daydreams are... Whatever's happening there is a way of a discursive thought, a way of just tumbling around, tumbling around, and, and it's kind of, a, you could say, kind of wallowing in some kind of arbitrary creativity that keeps everything covered up instead of actually looking at what's the fundamental situation that's happening, which is a consciousness that is generating, creating all kinds of things. If you watch those without doing anything with them, then the awareness, this is just a way of looking at it, the awareness starts to back away from the phenomenon and so that it can see what it is. And then once that backing away has occurred and we get an understanding of what that is, then perception only collapse back into the phenomenon. But at that point, you, you're no longer picking and choosing. The daydreams stop. You won't care. I guess I'm just curious about the daydreams is still not, still kind of the mechanics of evil. No. <laughs> Would that I could explain to you better. What is the question? Yes. The daydream? It's, you know, without trying to be uh, cute, it's, it's two names for the same thing. It might have a different kind of structure. They're daydreams, uh, they're avoidance mechanisms that happen. We fill up our mind with all kinds of daydreams about who we are, where we're going, what other people are thinking, what they're thinking about what we're thinking, what I'm thinking about what they're thinking I'm thinking. And these are, these are mixed with all kinds of. Uh, daydreams, nightdreams. All of our discursive thought, because it is representation or, or to some degree fictitious, is it all daydreaming? Pretty much. Everything is extra. There, the daydreams aren't showing up. What? Is there anything there in the absence of daydreaming? No. Unless there is. In which case, started to daydream again. It's a completely open dimension, and it's discontinuous. So, and the causes and conditions that arise as any situation are coming from all oh, over, oh, I mean, just everywhere. And the self-centeredness wants to seal itself off from that and be somebody. 
be somebody who's successful, be somebody who doesn't fail. Or sometimes it goes the other way and just be somebody who's just a mess and just fails and can't get anything right. And uh, no wonder I'm so terrible. There I go again. That's another form of self-centeredness that can happen. It's kind of the opposite of the other one. Don't have to do any, anything at all. But one thing that would have to happen is one would have to be here. It's called genuine presence. You're just here. And then whatever comes, it doesn't disturb just here. So whatever comes, it, it may feel rough and raw, but it, it, can't find a, it can't find anybody. It can't find itself. It can't find a being who is having that experience. The experience is just, as sometimes been said, just self-existing. It just has its own dynamic, and it doesn't happen to a person. Yes? Uh, Drew in Florida has a question. Yes, Drew. He asks, in relationships, say with my wife, I often feel we each hold a hand of a multitude of cards we can play. If my wife lands a card, those times I have lacked a card I thought helpful to let land on the table or lacked the motivation to play a card, it generally has created awkwardness between us. Is this something I should simply let fall or settle on simply awareness slash attention to the cards being played? Don't lay a card unless you have to. The space in which the card is either laid or not laid is more important than any cards that anybody plays. Anybody who's playing a, a card is actually locking down on something. Even, even this person sitting up here and presuming to teach the Dharma, I'm locking down on something. The dharma. Everything is dependently arisen. Those are a set of concepts that are dependently arisen. So we have to do something, but less is probably better. So don't don't necessarily play a card, but watch everything that's moving all the time, including someone else playing cards. And don't try to stop them or correct them or don't teach. Don't teach anybody anything unless you have to. Yes. Is any sort of relative making a decision is that form of landing somewhere? It is. How do we practice not landing and still relative response? Like what? Like you got to make a decision? Like what decision did you have to make? Yeah, that's kind of simple. That's that's like looking at this needs to be done, that needs to be done. Looks like that's, there's always going to be some unevenness or evenness. I don't think it, particularly a lot of discursive thought goes into that. Does it? That's for me. Well, stop it. Does that help? <laughs> um... You could make it more make it more concrete, actually make a list of things, maybe you already do this, of the things that you need to do, and then uh, look at them. There's nothing wrong with analyzing. We're not saying you should just be some kind of a lost in space person because I said, don't land. Uh, what I'm, when I say that, I'm saying, uh, for you, your way of not landing may be just backing out a little bit of that landing on some kind of decision needs to be made, something has to be done. So for you, it might be just noticing the way you keep kind of just flopping into that. And then as soon as you do, you regret it because you should have gone and done this. Sound familiar? So uh, the other thing I would say in this, you've heard me say this before, but a willingness to fail, you know, a willingness to, to not be successful at something so that we can understand, uh, have a bigger picture of what this whole idea of success and failure has to do is really about 
and how much of it is to do it has to do with reinforcing a, a, a self that needs to be right or needs to be thorough or needs to be industrious or needs to succeed in some kind of level. The great thing about the Sangha is being around people who are practicing, they're starting to tune into their own self-deception. So therefore, when you interact with them, you'll notice that they, people in this uh, family, uh, somewhat, but not as much as in other situations, don't really buy into your uh, into your your methodology or your way of running things. They might listen, might participate on some level, but but don't add to the confusion necessarily. And we notice how much we enjoy being out in the more relative world where there's more materialism going on and where we can we can kind of get out of our responsibility by talking to people who are in that same kind of swing. Well, you shouldn't do this. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? People here will not do that. A little bit, but not near as much as they do because they're giving everything the benefit of the doubt, more so here than probably any place. People who are working with their minds, with the raw material of their minds, and are, are emphasizing the awareness or the space in which things occur, are, are actually are aware of that. A lot of people in the world, really highly intelligent people, have no idea about the space in which things occur. They just think there's stuff in space. They don't realize that they're thoughts are in a kind of space. You're beginning to see that. So it could get even more difficult to make a decision. Okay. Yes. Kozan has a definition of meditation to offer. She looked it up. Too late. <laughs> no, go ahead. She has several dictionaries cited here. I'll use the first one. Webster's New World College Dictionary. Um, yes. Pick the fourth one. The practice of quieting the mind by focusing one's attention on one's regular breathing, on a mantra, etc., for the purpose of deepening one's spiritual awareness, reducing stress. Wrong. Spelled with an R, not a W. You've heard of Rong Jung Dorje. He wasn't exactly wrong. So, as I said, you could come up with all kinds of ideas, some way of working with the mind, and that's as valid as anything. It's just that I've noticed over a period of time that probably a good idea to keep it very, very simple. If somebody wants something more complicated, we can do some white tara practice or we can do uh, stand up and look at the wall. Yes. But does uh, what make everything? Me saying wrong? Joking. But if we are yes. attaching thoughts, our perception of things, doesn't that make Make what wrong? Everything. I'm not following you. It's okay? <laughs> it's okay to not follow them. I'm happy to respond to that if I can get more clarity on Okay. Hope you come up with it. Yes, sir. <clears throat> a little louder, please. please. Uh, my question maybe falls along the lines as far as duality, black okay. and white. Okay. Is there so such thing as a fact? Do facts exist? Well, it's just a concept, so I would say it's a fact that there's light there. So that kind of fact. So some, yeah, somewhat. We're not trying to get rid of the, the physical or the or the world particularly. So there's there's facts. But then with duality, there is. Is there a black? Let me help you here. I can you, listen to what I'm about to say to you. You're not going to be able to figure this out. You, you, really, I'm, I'm being sincere. I'm not being silly. You can't figure out something because figuring out involves taking a bunch of uh, ideas and concepts and so on. You can get close. Uh, Nagarjuna in the first century got pretty close. He said, not this, not that, not both, not neither. And he pretty much eliminated philosophy, eliminated philosophy by saying, uh, emptiness. Everything is empty of what we think it is. 
So that should that should be the beginning of your awareness practice rather than the end of something. But you can't. You're not going to be able to particularly figure it out. I'm not saying you shouldn't try. Of course, you don't have to believe what I say. Go do go do whatever you think is correct. But you're here. So based on what I've been looking at for a long time, uh, I would say st strengthen your awareness. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves, and do do it for years. Do it years and years. It takes a long time to do this. You, I don't think you can do it in, in even five years of five or six years of steady practice. It takes a lot to do this. Do it. Please do it. Do that. Yes. Is there a fundamental fact? I don't know. Maybe. You need to know that? Do you need to know that? Do you need to know if there's a fundamental fact? I was curious of a really simple fact like the light being on there's a contrast. Mm, you know, there's a, we get into the polarity of existence, non-existence. Or something is and then something isn't and that whole area gets very fuzzy. That's why it's best to, as far as I can see, to address that with just seeing what it is rather than thinking about what it is. It's like the example I sometimes give. If you, you've all had the experience of sitting and talking to somebody who, who doesn't really talk to you, who, who you are, where you are, they're talking to what they th who they think you are. They actually address, it's like another person. It's almost, sometimes you feel like you could walk away and they'd still be talking to the space in which you were standing in. It's so intense. Sometimes people will do that and you can leave the room and they don't know you've left because they're so busy talking to their idea of you that you've you've kind of slipped out and you're out on the tree swing. So it's a very interesting area where when that occurs. And it's not about stopping, it's about being aware. I've been doing that off and on with you for the last hour. I don't I don't correct it. I'm I'm you can't make a you can't can't make a fool out of somebody who's already a fool. You're already a fool. Yes. Um this is a an appeal from someone in uh, Aaron in California. She says, or he says, I know it is a real emergency if the prisoners in Kalamazoo County can't call out because there is a fake Chinese telephone system. I want to know what your organization can physically do to help prisoners in that area. I do not have the money or resources to help print out 37 Bodhisattva practices and put NSA phone numbers on them, all that I would like. Can you help deliver them? Hmm. Well, we won't refuse, but we can't comply with something that I'm just now hearing in a uh, in a uh, a text or whatever. So, but you could send something to the the monastery and address it to the uh, to the Eno, and we'll, we'll we'll take a look at it together and see if we can help them. We we go into prisons all the time, uh, different people here, and go into drug rehab and do what we can. But but pretty hard. It's a huge monstrous system. The Michigan Department of Corrections. And the county uh, jails are also uh, hell realms, highly stylized and secure and locked down hell realms. Very hard to, to go in there and do anything uh, that fundamentally helps. Uh, that being said, send us, let us know what's happening. So we'll take a look at it. Don't turn anything down. I also don't guarantee anything. But of course, we aren't charging anything either. <laughs> Any further questions? Yes. Should, should. How can we endeavor to... When we, are, when we are interested in the projection of AI. Mm -hmm. So there, there are some uh, meditation and action things that I've talked about before. Is one, uh, don't forget gravity. It's, it's not so much about them a little bit, but it's about your own sense fields. Don't, don't evacuate your five sense consciousnesses to suck up into the thought patterns of the mind about them. It looks, looks like them, but it's actually your thoughts about them. So one of the things you can do is you can look at the space between just visually, just the space between your two forms. 
not to do anything with it, but just register that. Register that their form, your form, their form. Listen to the voice. Uh, if they're talking, it goes up and down. Stay with the fundamental uh, consciousness that's happening. You, the ego will say, you have to pay attention to what they're, what they're saying. No, you don't. You don't have to pay attention. You won't, if they're saying anything important, you, you won't miss it. But stay in your senses. Stay in the sense of smell, taste, touch, hearing, just, just the, the sound. Just the seeing, just the color of the clothing, the color of their eyes, the shape of their head, without without adding any evaluation to it. You have to be able to look at somebody and not know whether they're ugly or beautiful. They don't even have that kind of positionality. They're just there. You follow me a little bit? So difficult to do. We always want to know, well, what do I really think about them? Or who are they? How can I, how can I, some kind of strategy around what we're perceiving. If you need the strategy, it will be there in, in full color. If you need the strategy, it'll be there. It'll be all laid out exactly what you need to do. It's called choicelessness. It's your innate intelligence that's often shut down out of hope and fear that we tend to strategize things because we want to get our way. We want to be successful. We don't want to fail. We don't want to look like a fool. What if you stood there and listened to somebody and they, they'll say, so what do you think? And you, say, you could actually say, you know, I want you to repeat that again. I didn't quite hear you. You can do that. And they'll say... Sometimes they'll even say, well, I'm not sure exactly what I said. And then you can say, okay. And they'll say, well, what I meant was uh, I'm really having trouble with this or this, and this is not working, and this one mutual friend or something is doing this or that. And and here again, it's the whole idea of uh, give everything your attention. You don't have to do anything. You do not have to succeed at anything. Uh, those of you who are therapists here in the room know that. You just have to be with people. You're not going to be able to figure out someone's karma. It's just such a labyrinth. But at least you can be here with the leading edge of the karma, which is their expression on their face, their gestures, and the sound of their voice. That's what you need to give your attention to. And if you do, and anything can possibly be done somewhere that you can actually do to help them, it will stand out because you're giving everything your attention. Interesting how when you're really, really generous, you get everything back you need. It's called mice. No, it's not called mice. It's called love. But it's, it's not a feeling of being in love. It's just you're just with things. You're just, you're just with your world. You're in your world and you're part of your world. Why don't you have trees on your other leg? Yeah. I don't know. You could put trees over here and make it winter. My face? I'd like to keep my face right where it's at. That's like the guy said, I'm going to have a tattoo right on your face right in my fist. You heard that joke? No, it's not. Are we done? We're done. We're all done. <laughs> 320 degrees. Just remind everybody about our donation boxes in your hallway. Gladly accept all the financial providers. We also take donations online on PayPal, and you can see Junshu if you have a debit or credit card. <laughs> that you'd like to. May the merit this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.